live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Living Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I want to see Baker Mayfield land a job. I would love to see him go to the Steelers. Now, I, I know, obviously, the Steelers have their eyes on Malik Willis, and we'll see what happens in the draft. But if Cleveland ends up cutting him to go to Pittsburgh, where he have a chance to kind of recreate the image around him under Mike Tomlin and the way that defense plays, you know, considering I'm not sure if Mitchell Trubisky is the answer or not, I would love to see that. I, I think it would be a great story. That is Jay Williams. Listen to Jay, Keyshawn, and Max Kellerman. In the morning sections on ESPN 690. Listen to us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 in the afternoons, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Little birdie on the street, by the way. We're going to see this. I think their mock drafting starts tomorrow, and I have not been called. I beg your pardon? My buddy Maybe it's from Albany. Yeah. My man, Rich Becker. Text me this morning. He says, hey, are you calling in? You're doing the, the picks this yeah, year? Yeah, I'm like, when does it start? Hmm. said, tomorrow. Hmm. said, nope, haven't so called me. Maybe somebody else got asked to do it? You get Austin Lane jumping in? Maybe somebody else got asked to do Did it? Did say they might have f- fans doing it. Maybe somebody else got called? Oh. No, it wasn't me. Casey calling in? Would you even re- return the email is the question. Oh, they're emailing? No, if you want to get a hold of me, call me. <laughs> What are, you, what are you emailing me for? So anyway, I'm, it's not that important. I think email they, me. Uh, so my man Rich did say that they might have some fans calling. What do you mean some well. fans? Well, in some spots, do some fans <laughs> calling in for the pick? Give me a break. So maybe somebody in Jacksonville just is calling a fan. In. Okay, we'll cool. find out. Don't worry, I'm be paying attention. Now, do you think? But that the last time I promote Jay, well, well, Max, let's, let's, and Keyshawn, well, well, let's have the real conversation here. Do you think your picks were so bad before they stopped asking you to do them? What well, do you think my picks were that bad? I can't remember what your picks were. All right. Well, last year I picked Trevor, so that was easy. Oh, yeah. Got right. more brain busters. Yeah. The year prior to that, I picked Javon Kinlaw at number 10 and, and Trevon Diggs. And by the way, you oh, made fun yeah, of Diggs. Yeah, and how many interceptions? Hey, anybody know how many interceptions Diggs had this year? And how many TDs did he give up? I don't know. How many interceptions how did many he have? TDs was he an all-pro? How many TDs did he give up? I don't care. He's an all-pro. Okay. Okay. So, my Diggs pick wasn't as, as well? bad. I think I picked Kinlaw. Okay, well. but then did you go the year I before think that? I might as well? have been the year before we had two picks too, didn't yeah. we? Oh yeah, we did. Uh, did I go that year? I don't know, man. I think I think you liked them though. You didn't like my Diggs pick. That was the only one you didn't like. No, I didn't like the Diggs pick. Could have gone the second round. We liked the Javon Kinlaw pick. We did, and he's. I think he's doing all right. I don't know. The year prior was that Josh Allen's year. No, because we had two first round picks back to back years. Yeah. Who was before? You had two last year and two the year before. Yeah, so, oh, oh, ETN. Yeah. So, actually, last year it wasn't Diggs. I'm sorry. That was two years ago. Okay. That was Kinlaw and Diggs. Yeah. So, then last year was Trevor. Yeah. And I told you to go C.D. Lamb. Oh. Or, no, that was. No, that was two years that ago. That was two years ago. I wanted yeah, C.D. So, Lamb. The guy picked him right before me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I was going C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. Should have gone Justin Jefferson. I would have been a genius. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know who I picked last year. I gotta have to go back and check. Hmm. At twenty five, for e- it wasn't ETN. It might have been Barmore. Okay. I know we're discussing Barmore. Yeah. Okay. But was thought, it Merrick? Did you do like a close? No, wasn't it Merrick? I don't think I picked Merrick. I told you to pick Merrick. I know. No, we um, did a close envelope. Remember, I knew who I was gonna pick. That was two years ago. That's when I had I had City Lamb written down. Uh, that was. The and one. then yeah, um, because the Raiders took. I can't remember how that picked. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe. 
Well, Gosh. needless to say, you're not you're not getting asked to go back. But so, uh, for some reason, I, I I probably was just too good. Yeah. Should have taken Kinlaw. Should have taken Diggs. Took Trevor. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Just too good. Yeah. Maybe you just weren't entertaining enough for them. I don't know. <laughs> probably not. I don't know, man. I don't know why they didn't ask By you. By the back. way, remember Tannenbaum? He said, I think that was a good pick. But you you, you got to relax with the Tannenbaum <laughs> stuff. You Came on right after me, Casey. And said, the guy, I think that guy knows what he's talking about. The guy that compared the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Golden State Warriors said you had a good pick. I I, I wouldn't go home to the bank with that. I'm just saying. Yeah, pretty good. Hey, the sun's coming out this week. Uh, you might want to check out ShadyRays.com, put on those sunglasses, and uh, take advantage of the promo code BRENT. 50% off two or more pair of shades. ShadyRays.com. Insane lost and broken protection plan, by the way. Uh, so make sure you check it out. And uh, if they break, uh, well, you'll get a new pair. Also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They donated over 20 million meals to date. So uh, purchase with an impact when you go to ShadyRays.com. Once again, promo code BRENT for 50% off two or more pair of uh, Shady Rays. Shades. Let's go to Captain Rick right now, early on a Monday. Florida Sportsman Fishing Report, Captain Rick Riles. What's happening, man? Well, it's my Easter resolution. I'm trying to be on time this year. Okay? <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> a little late for New Year's. Um, good and bad news from the fishing front over the weekend. I tell you, the, the trolling out in the blue water has gotten better. Uh, there were old boats catching six or seven nice mahi on Saturday. Not much effort on Sunday, but then today the Jody Lynn had 14 mahi and a half a dozen tuna. That's one of the better days that we've seen in a while. That's the good news. Now, here comes the bad news. Studying the long-range forecast, I don't see a day between now and next Wednesday that we're going to be able to get that far offshore again. So that fishery is probably going to be protected from us for a while. Closer to shore, there are still manta rays in the area, and there are still Spanish mackerel in the area. So if you can handle the chop, fishing around the jetties and down the beach should be very good. I checked with Tony Bazell and David Boris just a few minutes ago. Captain David telling me that the full moon has got the tide running so hard that it was a bit of a difficult bite today. It always has a stronger pull during the full moon, and today was no exception. So that fish in the inshore for reds and trout should be improving day by day. We've seen a lot of really big trout this year. It's good to see them again as they have not been around the last couple of years. They're in the middle of their spawn right now. But you can count on one thing. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you an update brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing, CSS Landscaping, Appreciate it, Brent. We will talk to you boys tomorrow. All right. Have a good night, Captain Rick. Uh, Florida Sports and Fishing Report. Captain Rick Rouse each every day on ESPN 690. And catch the show Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Bill Belichick turns 70 today. Doesn't seem, I mean, I don't know if that's old or not these days, but it doesn't seem like he's 70. He's kind of still got, still getting it done, right? Still oh, one yeah. of the best coaches in the NFL. He did say back in like 2010, I think CBS Sports tweeted this, that it, He's not going to coach into his 70s like Mark, Marv Levy. He actually referenced Levy. Yeah. And I think uh, Levy was coaching when he was still like 76 years old. Along with uh, Pete Carroll uh, and recently Bruce Arians, the Belichick's one of the three oldest coaches in the NFL, now two with uh, Arians going in the front office. I ask this question all the time, man. Like, why? Why what? Like, why is he still doing it? It's who you are. Yeah, but it should be who you are, right? I mean, it's... You're not like, you got to be more than that. Sure. 
Yeah, but I mean, be, I mean, it's what it's, I it's the reason why it's the reason why Tom Brady's coming back because it's a it's a giant part of you. Is this a competition between Brady and Belichick who will no. hang on the longest? No, no, I don't think so. No, I just think it's it's two guys that love the game so much that they can't fathom themselves without the game. I guess. I mean, I understand that you can be involved without being involved to that degree, though. I mean, there's so many different roles to be involved in. I mean, there's a lot but of like work this, being a head coach, man. No, how much is sure. just feeding the ego and, and just that you live that lifestyle and you don't know how to break away from that lifestyle, whatever that is, good for the good, for the bad, for the for the indifferent of it. Um, no, I just... You can be hanging around football because you love the game, but you don't have to do what he's doing. But, see, they have to, though, because they're like the top 1%. They're the outliers. They're they're the guys that, like, winning is everything to them. You know, like with Bill Belichick, I mean, like he's he is so ingrained of his ways and like how he conducts himself as a coach. Like even I feel like when he's not on the field, like sometimes that gets pervaded across in interviews if he's just chilling. Like if he's at the coaches convention, you just get the vibe like, oh yeah, that's Bill Belichick. It's like he can't turn it off, and like that's being an ultimate competitor. That's why he's arguably the greatest coach of all time because he is built like that. He does want to win one more, one more game, one more Super Bowl. And since he lost Tom Brady, like, I feel like he's had a new challenge where it's like, okay, now like we're back to square one again. I got to find us a quarterback. I got to rebuild this entire franchise. And these, I think the, the trades and the, and the franchise acquisitions, like, it showed that he's trying to do that. So I just think, like, yeah, I get it. He's, he's more than just a football coach and all that. But, like, he's the, the 1% of the 1% that is the ultimate competitor. And Tom Brady is, is that way as well. And I think, like, from us, it's hard to comprehend that. It's hard to grasp it because, like, we think of, you guys have done so much for the sport. Why would you keep on doing it? Because they have to. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I've always said this, uh, and I'll repeat it till the day I die. That if you want to be great at something, you have to be you have to be selfish, mm-hmm. right? And Tom Brady's shown an act of selfishness to come back and play even more. He already has. He's admitted the selfishness, you know, amidst his family. And uh, again, doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make you a bad dad, bad husband, all the rest. But there has to be this level of selfishness to do what you do, commit to what you commit to. And I think Belichick's got a little bit of that in him. And I think you do, after a while, get a life. It just becomes a lifestyle. And it's like, okay, well, what else am I going to do? Like, I still go fishing enough. I still go play golf. I still go to events. I still go to – I'm happy with the amount of time I do that, go out to dinner, all this stuff. And I like when I'm doing this, so I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be that level of I just like it. Uh, and I, I just think it's something that we can't fully understand, and I've tried to understand it and grasp it, and I can't until you get into those shoes or you are in those shoes, or even for us, like, we're that age. Like, how will we feel when we're 65, 70 years old? And we don't necessarily, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, need to work, yeah. maybe to pay the bills or something else. But we still want to work. Like, I don't know. Will that happen? I think we all say it won't happen, and then it does happen to a lot of people mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. And sometimes there is that need level as well. I will say this, and I just tweeted this. Like, I have, I feel like I have more and more appreciation for the people that can step away from it. Mm. You know, at a whatever age. Like a guy like Stoops. Mm-hmm. Who stepped away? Now I know he's kind of scratching that itch That's, a little bit. He's yeah, coaching yeah. like in this new in the new USFL. Um, is, I think he's the one the USFL, but. Like, that's not, like, to the degree of coaching at Oklahoma, right, or, or in the NFL. But to be fair, if Stoops walked away, though, you would feel like, well, did he, I mean, like, where does he rank? You know, to me, it's different because Belichick, like, he's got nothing else to prove. 
Stoops would have had some more to prove. Oh, yeah, he could have, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But he also had accomplished a lot. He's only 58 years old. Sure. And he's like, hey, I'm getting out of it because I think it's time to get out of it. Yeah. Like, he always, didn't we all wonder, we're like, okay, where's, what's Stoops doing here? Yeah. Like, where's he going? Mm-hmm. Like, what's, nobody gets, he doesn't get out right now. He's 58, still very young, mm-hmm. still at the top of his game. Oklahoma's very good. But he got out. Yeah. And he might have been a shade under 58 at the time. Uh, so you almost appreciate those guys that get out, that have made the money, all this stuff, and just be like, okay, I'm going to go live this phase of my life now. No, for sure. I mean, I, you, see, I don't much sure if I appreciate it. I respect it. Yeah. But, like, I look at, like, a guy like Calvin Johnson or a guy like yeah, Barry Sanders. Yeah. Like, two guys that walked away when they probably could have contributed more. True. And no while, I, while I respect it, like – it, you still ask the question, like, well, what could have been? Yeah, like, yeah. What, what, what Barry Sanders could have been? Well, what even, like, what Kelvin Johnson terms of the numbers? If he kept on going at that pace, like, what would the numbers look like when it was all said and done? So, like, I definitely respect the decision to walk away because what, if you think you're going to walk away and you're, you're contemplating that, well, then nine times out of ten, unless you're Tom Brady, you're probably going to walk away. Yeah, yeah. And then more power to you on that. But also I think fans are left wondering, like, well, what could have been? Yeah. And, I, and I just pray that, like, you know, Megatron or, or Barry Sanders never had that kind of dilemma where it was like, oh, I want, if I would have stayed, what would have been like? You know, like hopefully they made the decision that they're at peace with it. I think Canton, Ohio probably helps in both situations, sure. right, for yeah. that. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's almost like a selfish view we have as fans. I say this all the time about, like, Tiger. Mm-hmm. Like, Tiger doesn't need to do it, we, but I want to see one more, right? Sure. Like, And I think that's the case with guys like that, that you feel like they cut short. They still had plenty left, and they did. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about it. Those guys had stuff left. Like, how much, we can debate, but they had stuff left. I right. mean, they absolutely had it left. They were too young yeah. uh, to not. They, it wasn't like injury forced them out. Uh, so it's a fascinating uh, – it's always a fascinating topic for me to see these guys when they say goodbye, when they've had enough. And obviously Belichick, I do give him credit, him and Pete Carroll. Like, if I'm Pete Carroll from the outside looking at him, I'm advising him, like, listen, man, it's been a hell of a run. Why are you signing up for this? Yeah. You have Drew Locke as your quarterback. You just paid Geno Smith you. as a $7 million yeah. quarterback. Your team's not good. You're going to get trounced in the NFC but West. This, like, is, this is where you find out what kind of coach you are, yeah, though. I get it. I you know, and, like, and then that's why I respect Bill Belichick. Because he, he I mean, and I get it, he comes with controversy as he should. But he could have easily tucked his tail and went home after Tom Brady left. I'm like, why would I want to stick around and rebuild this whole thing again? Right? I, I got to start from square one after the greatest quarterback of all time, left my team, won a Super Bowl, and now he's doing his thing. Like, why would I want to come back? Well, you come back because you're a competitor. You, you come back because you think you are the best to ever do it. I think that's why Pete Carroll came back because coaches and players like they they relish opportunities when the the odds are stacked against them to go. You know what? It may not look good, but I'm so confident in my abilities, I can turn this thing around. Like that to me is what benefits a coach more than anything. Like I get winning the Super Bowls has to be the ultimate prize and the ultimate feeling, but I think like if you're Pete Carroll, if you're Bill Belichick, trying to build a Super Bowl winning team, maybe getting there one day after all that happened to you. That, to me, is the payoff right there. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Uh, switch gears to a guy who is plenty young enough to still play in the NFL. Hasn't in a long time. Will he ever again? Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. who's been this huge story off the field for years. That is a story that certainly has died down. 
Um, it doesn't have the polarizing nature it once did, at least in my view. Maybe it would if he comes back. We had this conversation maybe a month, month and a half ago. I don't think it would have the polarization that it did have. I mean, as a, it was a different level some handful of years ago now. And I think what the NFL has done, what Commissioner Goodell has done, all those things, uh, what we have hopefully done in society uh, has changed some of the feel of that, I think. Um, and, and hopefully I'm thinking on the positive side of it. He has said today, I, I guess on a podcast, listen, I don't mind being a backup in the NFL. Is this Kaepernick saying I really want back in? Like I, I really want one more opportunity to come back to the NFL? There was debate over the years how bad did he really want to get back in, right? Sure. Or was it more about the platform and everything else? Are we starting to see a Kaepernick that really wants one more chance to be on a team, to play at the highest of levels, to get an opportunity perhaps if someone got hurt or didn't play well? And will we see it happen? Um, does he want to come back? I think he does. Now, you know, his his new role that he's found himself in in terms of, you know, going to community to community, helping them out. I mean, it's it's a great role, and I think it fits him well. And, and, and he's he's doing a lot more good than a lot of people out there. I'll say that much. So like, I, I'm not mad with what Kaepernick's doing right now. Um, he was on the, the, it's the I Am Athlete podcast where he said that, you know, he'd be open to being a backup quarterback. Do I generally believe that? I do. Um, because like I, I get it. There's there's the political side of Colin Kaepernick, and then there's the the athlete side of Colin Kaepernick. Now, the NFL works how you know I always say this all the time, right? Whether it's Antonio Brown, whether it's Tim Tebow, does the talent outweigh the distractions? Antonio Brown, we shall see, right? I mean, he he may have finally put the, the last nail in the coffin and said no team's gonna ever touch me again, but I. I wouldn't be surprised if a team does come calling because when he's on, when he's healthy, he's a very talented guy. Colin Kaepernick is a little different because your lasting images of him was being a backup quarterback um, and losing his starting spot. With that being said, though, and if we take the politics out of it, if you look at Colin Kaepernick's skill set, this was once again me assuming that he still has that skill set from what he had when he played for the 49ers. I'm not sure where he's at now physically. I'm not sure where he's, he's at 40-yard dash time and all this stuff. But if you could replicate what you had in San Fran, then, yeah, I, I think, you know, a team should at least be open to giving him a chance because there's so many backup quarterbacks out there that when you put them in the game, you have zero confidence in them winning said game. But they still have a job in the NFL because, well, it's the backup quarterback position. But when I see Colin Kaepernick, and maybe he doesn't have the best arm, and that's fine. But you can do so many different things with him. And we look at versatilities and offenses these days. You look at a guy like Taysom Hill. You look at what Kyler Murray can do, a guy like Lamar Jackson can do. I mean, Jacoby Brissett made a living last year or two years ago being the goal line, the goal line quarterback just doing sneaks the whole time. Kaepernick can definitely do that. Now, does the talent outweigh the distractions? Is the team ballsy enough to say, we'll take the, the headlines coming in from every single national media source and say, you know, that's fine because we can win with them. If I was a GM, if I was an owner, yeah, I, I would take a chance because headlines be damned. I think he gives me a chance to win a football game more than a lot of backup quarterbacks do. So if that's the conversation that we're having. Then, yeah, I think he might get another shot. But I know how the NFL works, and I'm probably going to say he's not going to get another shot. Well, I think it's really interesting because Seattle and Carroll have been kind of like an advocate for him, right, mm -hmm. uh, over the years at times from a vocal standpoint. And 
I mean, they just signed Geno Smith to a $7 million deal. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that Colin Kaepernick couldn't come in and get paid, like, the minimum and yeah. do what Geno Smith does? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of feel like he could. Now, I haven't or seen him in a long time, yeah, so it's a yeah, little blind. Yeah. From a football-only standpoint, I'm like, I think I'd rather see what Colin Kaepernick could do than Geno Smith. And I'm probably hammering Geno Smith to more of a degree than I should, but mm-hmm. I still kind of can't get over the fact that he got $7 million to be a backup. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. He's quite a bit. Yes. Uh, for what Geno Smith has produced. Nice W over the Jags. I guess that gets you quite, quite a good amount of money. That's a good point. Uh, the receivers are angry in the league. Yeah. Mad at Christian Kirk? Or no. Happy about Christian Kirk. <laughs> Depending what, <laughs> depending what, what, what kind of what, I mean, I don't know. Devonta Adams probably happy. Tyreek Hill probably happy. But there's some out there that might get paid pretty soon that might be a little disappointing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Could we see some trades if guys are more disgruntled than it might even appear? Yeah. Football at five rolls on. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. Action Sports Shacks OT coming up right after this at 6 o'clock. No jumbo shrimp tonight. Back home tomorrow for a homestand. Ronald Acuna Jr. scheduled to be here with Gwinnett. Doug Peterson throws out the first pitch. So it's a good week at the jumbo shrimp. A big night on Tuesday night. But they get a Monday off following a 4-2 series win over Durham this past week. We'll be right back on ESPN 6 night. If an opportunity presented itself today and they said, we want to bring you in as the backup, would you take that? Yeah. You'll take that. If an opportunity- I, I know I have to find my way back in. Okay. So, yeah, if I have to come in as a backup, that's fine. But that's not where I'm, that's not where I'm staying. And when I prove that I'm a starter, I want to be able to step on the field as such. I just need that opportunity right. to walk through the door. That is Colin Kaepernick, just what we were talking about before the break. Obviously understands uh, that he's going to have to earn that opportunity if somebody will give him the opportunity. Yeah. And so uh, he's running out of time from an age standpoint. He can play for whatever, I guess. Tom Brady's proven that. But you'd think. Uh, and how long can you go without playing? That's a curiosity. He looks the part. still throw it. He can move. He's in good shape. All those things. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with two sides of it. One, we'll give some, will someone give him an opportunity. And two, what is the reaction? And it would be, I think, very different than what it would have been three, four years ago, um, at the very least. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Monday. Uh, don't forget to, uh, we were talking about chickens earlier. How about ospreys? It's a different <laughs> animal. Uh, UNFospreys.com, by the way, uh, for your latest in ospreys athletics. Uh, sweep for the softball team over the weekend. Had a chance to call that one. Uh, I did not do a John Sterling impression and call a home run and out. Oh, good, 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 uh, Like good. I did my first time. Yep. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, baseball team got a couple wins down against Florida Gulf Coast. And this week they have the Aussie Awards Show, North Florida Athletics Awards Show uh, for 2022. So it'll be a special week on campus. Pretty crazy, actually, if you think of the colleges. They're about done, right? I mean, they're yeah, probably yeah. done in first week of May. Yeah. Uh, so the calendar is clicking off uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the A-Sun Softball Championships will be at UNF. Tickets are already on sale for that. So go to UNFOspreys.com. That'll be in the middle of May. And the Ospreys have a really good chance uh, to win that thing and punch their ticket 
to the NCAA tournament. When there's a home run, I know we've been on this from the, the, the three-pointers, and, and you refuse to say land of good and plenty because you yeah. aren't about the money. But if there's a home run, do you have like a catchphrase that you say? No, because uh, I'm really just new to this. Man. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not like a gimmicky guy. You know? so, first of all, it's not gimmicky. Like, it's just, oh, it is you know. a little bit, I mean. Yeah, but I mean, hey, dude, I, I think I mean, it's I, worked. I, may rest in peace, Stuart Scott. Had the most gimmicks out of anybody. That guy was a legend. Yeah, I mean, it's, they, the catchphrases work. Yeah. I told you this before, though. I grew up in a, in a time and place mm-hmm. in the industry where I actually felt like not having a catchphrase sure. was different. Okay. You know but, what I mean? Yeah, but, but, and people yeah. were trying way too hard. Okay. But you do realize now it's 2022, right? Like, you're you're trying to run the wishbone right now, and, <laughs> and we're in the spread offense. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying? So we're, I'm going to need yeah. you to adapt a little bit. Yeah, I'll try to do that. All right. Um... I mean, do, do you have any, like, on the docket? Do you have any in the haven't, notes? I haven't thought about it enough. You, you have to go with something like, he's, she's, do, is it softball or baseball you're doing? Well, the, the, I did softball. Okay. So, you got some ideas? Give me a name of, like, a, a UNF player quick. Uh, Abby Annette. Abby Annette. Oh, there goes Abby Annette going to do some yard work on a Sunday. <laughs> it's a home run Ospreys. There you go. Like, yeah. I think I could pull that off. Yeah. Or if it, if it was like um, a dude, you could get yeah, a dude's name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see who's playing well over there right now. Let's go, Aiden Sweat. Aiden Sweat. Yeah. Uh oh, Aiden Sweat doing some yard work. Tell your girlfriend to get the lemonade ready because he's coming in off of a three-run dong leaby. There you go. <laughs> Anything else? You good. What just happened here? What? Casey, do you like either one? Both is the correct answer, Casey. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like either of them. <laughs> That's because you guys don't you guys like imagination. I don't understand what the, the yard, yard work, work is. Hey, when you go yard, you hit a home run. No, I get so, that. You, so you're doing yard work. No. See? What do you mean no? Yeah. Does that kind of blow your mind a little bit? No. It's like we watched Inception for the first time. I was like, oh, wait, yard- oh, yard work. Oh, now it's making sense to me. By the way, if you go back and find a show from like maybe it was last year? Oh, yeah, when I was doing the we did yeah. play-by-play yeah, yeah. of the game off to the side. There. Yeah. That right, was fun. Right in front of the away team, too. Yeah, we did. So disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> the away team's like, like warm. We're near their bullpen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it'd be like Joe Rogan cage side, and the guy's getting knocked out, and Joe Rogan's calling him getting knocked out, like, and he can hear it. Yeah I, yeah, I did think about that the other day. What's that? When we were at the fight. Yeah. i like, but we couldn't hear him. Oh, no, no, no. But you wonder if they can, right? So... When it's in the apex in Las Vegas, you can't hear them. You can't. But uh, not when it's like a crowd like that in Jacksonville. Okay. You can't hear them. And, and by the way, when it wasn't, there were no crowds, you could hear everything. You could hear everything. So awkward. It yeah. is awkward. Yeah. Because there's a couple of fighters that even like, acknowledge, like Daniel Cormier, who's the, the color commentary guy. They even acknowledge, like, they, they took Daniel's advice during the fight. Like, I can hear you talking, I, I so I, I took that advice. I actually remember that. Yeah. And I think that's when we had that discussion around the yeah. pandemic time because of the no crowds. I actually wow. <laughs> Wow, of, course, of course, they could have taken the guy right behind us. Oh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Uh, What was that, Chimeoff? Yeah, 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 yeah. That so, guy, so his, why did he just country, go in his corner? I have no idea, man. It seemed this like... This guy was screaming behind us. Like, I'm telling you, like, yeah. like Mickey and Rocky didn't scream out oh, as many close. commands. Did you, <laughs> did you feel like they, like, rotated fans behind us? Because, like, all of a sudden it was, like, Chemayev's people behind us, and then all of a sudden it was, like, the Korean Zombies people behind us. It was us. family is what it was. That's oh, where their so spot is. that was the family is. section. Yeah. Ah, Casey. Yeah, because remember the, do you remember the little guy 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Mackenzie Dern's, Mackenzie Dern's husband. Dern's husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they end up being right back there. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense then. <laughs> that was wild, though. Yeah, very loud. Uh, that was very loud. Yes. Uh, you're right. Brent Bartno, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here. Uh, let's get back some football at five. And three receivers are a bit unhappy. Yeah. They saw Christian Kirk's contract and everybody else's around the league. They said, what about me? It's it's the master plan of Doug Peterson. This is fascinating, right? Because I don't know if it was Schefter or Rappaport, you name it, whoever it was came out with it today, and then it started being everywhere. But it's Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, and A.J. Brown. Yeah. So guys that they're not due up for their contract. But they've been good performers, probably overperformed where they were selected everywhere else. All right? second rounders, right? Uh, is AJ Brown a second rounder? No, McClure's. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think. I don't know if McClure wasn't a second rounder, was he? Um, Casey, that's obviously a dude. Debo was. But but bottom line okay. is they've outperformed their contract. Yeah. And so like, hey, yeah. What about me? Yes. Right. Yes. Hands out. And to the point where AJ Brown even tweeted today. I guess he took some stuff. Social media-wise, because he didn't show up for voluntary conditioning. Yes. Because of this. But it was kind of odd to you that all three got to... It's almost like they got together and said, hey, we're going to put this out here now that we all want new contracts. I mean, I'm not upset. Were they all drafted the same year or not? McLaurin is a third rounder, by the way. Yeah, I thought... Okay. Oh, AJ, Brown, AJ okay. Brown was a second rounder. Oh, so you're right. Second, yeah. second, third. Yeah. McLaurin was a so third round. They all have something in common yeah. then. They're, they're all like... Wow. You know, second, third round guys okay. that are yeah, not that, getting their just due. Well, again, and keep in mind, second, third round guys, that rookie contract isn't like massive. No, I mean it's good, but it's not like wow. Well, and I'm sure they hit every single player performance bonus that they have in that contract. Obviously. Well, so listen, I don't blame those guys. Sure. Right, especially this. Now we'll see how intense it gets, but I don't blame them right now. I just thought it was really odd that all it was like they do they have the same agent? Maybe they do. Yeah. Or they got together and said, okay, it's our turn. Um, or it just also works out that it's off-season conditioning. and But, they, I mean, they aren't wrong, though. Like, if, if you look at how history has played out in terms of receivers getting paid, like, yeah, I get we like to talk about Christian Kirk because, like, he essentially set the new market. But, like, I go back to DeAndre Hopkins wanting a new contract in, in Houston. I think he had three years left on that said contract. He did, I think. And he still wanted a new deal. Houston didn't give it to him. He got traded got essentially what he wanted because I think he got in a much better situation in Arizona. And guess what? He got a new contract as well. So, like, to me, it's moves like that where, you know, if you're one of the better wide receivers in the league or you're top five, you're top ten, yeah, I think you have every single right to ask for more money because if the past has shown us anything is that receivers get paid. And Debo's been unbelievable. Correct. Uh, McLaurin has been. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure A.J. Brown, quite frankly, has been as good as the other guys. So let me ask you this, son. Out of that group, Debo, A.J., and Terry, who are you paying the most? Who are you paying the the least? Like in terms of resetting the market, who's making the most money out of those three guys? Who's making the second? Who's making the third? I feel like, in my view, I would put Debo number one. Okay. I think he's doing the most. People haven't figured him out, so he gives you a wrinkle that nobody else gives you. He seems to still be trending up, and almost from a marketable standpoint, he's like a guy now that is is a is a superstar in the league. These other guys might have superstar potential, but they're not there from across the league. Transparency. I want that guy's jersey. Everybody's talking about Debo. Heck, even the name, right? 
uh, <laughs> I think helps oh, yeah, people save a lot. And he's with an offense that's going to continue to explode, you would think, and use him correctly. And so I would probably – I would give Debo. He's playing two positions for you. And so I would say – him and then McLaurin and then A.J. Brown. I'm not an A.J. Brown hater. I'm just saying I don't think he's as electric as those other two. So, I mean, it's it's a crazy thing because the reason why they're all you know, sticking together is because they all got drafted the same year. Yeah. So they're all in the same draft so class, that all boat, outside right? the, the, you know, the first round. Casey, who are you paying the most? Who are you paying the, uh, the least to? Uh, the same way Brent did it. See, I, I mean, I get where you guys are coming from, but Terry Mc... You see what his numbers are with the, the quarterbacks that he's had? Like, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He seems to have success. You don't have to tell me. I would, for sure. I would make an argument and say I think it's between Debo and Terry, but I might pay Terry the most. Well, and I thought about it, too, here, because does he give you something that, like, that's the guy the Jags are looking for right now. Correct. McLaurin, right? Mm -hmm. They're actually looking for that guy more than Debo. Not to say they wouldn't take Debo. I'm just saying they're, they're looking for that kind of guy that can take the top off and beat, you know, every, every, that's the guy they want. Like they need, they've been needing mm-hmm. around here. It feels like, it's, but again, there's nothing. Nobody like Debo right now. He's doing stuff that no receivers doing, and so he's a unicorn. Sure, and, no, I agree. But and and a productive unicorn, and more star potential, and probably gives you a return on your investment more. Quite frankly, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's, I go with Debo. See, it's super fascinating here because they all got something going for him. Terry's got the most yards receiving. Obviously, Debo, you, you couple that with the rushing yards is different. A.J. Brown, by far, has the most receiving touchdowns with 24. And then Debo's got the most all-purpose yards. Hmm. So, like, the, there is something to like about every one of those well, guys. I never, you, if you had to ask me to guess who had the most touchdowns, I'm not sure I well, would put A.J. Brown. But once again, keep in mind, because Debo, his career, he's got 10 receiving touchdowns. But then you, you, you couple that with the rushing touchdowns, and then it's different. But receiving touchdowns, A.J. Brown's got 24, Terry's got uh, 16, Debo's got 10. Well, the question is, will the organization try to pay him like a running back more than a receiver? <laughs> oh, the disrespect. The disrespect if that happened. Well, but teams have tried that, you know, yeah, like where yeah. you get stuck. I mean, it's just, yeah, tight ends want to get paid like a receiver, not a tight end. Yeah. Um, I don't think they will do that. I'm just, will they try? Well, I mean, they could try to do it. If I'm Debo, why would you? Even if you could trade for that? any of them, if you, if they if they all came on the market, and you're the Jags, who are you trading for? Give me Terry, Casey. Come on, man. Why do you like that guy so much? Because he's a beast. He's so an animal. He's like, a monster. You have ETN. So what is Debo going to do? Yeah, I, I I do think the fit of this offense is he going to fit in and those questions. But damn, he's good. Who are you taking? I do think... Don't say I Terry when we, you just got over us with saying Terry. No, nah, I would take Debo. Okay. There it is. Debo it is. Is he playing wide receiver or running back? Uh, Both. We'll okay. be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Fans sometimes think they own you and they can say and do whatever they please because they pay to watch you perform. That's just the reality of it. And in today's world, whether he used his gesture with his fingers or he would have mouthed it, they're going to slow it down, they're going to break it down, they're going to bring in lip readers, <laughs> they're going to do all of that. So it doesn't matter how he approached it, we will still arrive to the same point having a conversation after a, a loss to the Boston Celtics in which Kyrie Irving 
had a phenomenal game, but yet and still had a small little confrontation with some fans. And let's just be glad it didn't turn out to be more than just that. That is Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams. Max Kellerman, Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz. You can listen to those guys 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Listen to us 3 to 6. You get Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton right after us each and every day, Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock, Action Sports Jacks OT. They will usually jump right into the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp game uh, most every day, but not on Mondays. The shrimp are off on Monday's big series coming up tomorrow uh, with Gwinnett and really a big day on Tuesday at the Jumbo Shrimp game. If you can't go out, uh, make sure you listen on ESPN 690, but try to get out there too. Doug Peterson will throw out the first pitch. That's kind of fun. Ray Charles bobblehead uh, doll night uh, as well, so a good giveaway, and and it's pretty cool bobblehead. And uh, also, Ronald Acuna Jr. will be there, so uh, that'll be fun. We'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow. Uh, in terms of most exciting players in the game, where does Ronald Acuna rank? Or did he lose a touch of that with the injury and, and Atlanta still winning uh, the World Series last year? Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about Kyrie for a moment. Maybe we should just get to an uncensored part of athletics. Yeah. Where, like, just in every sport, if you want to flip off the fans after like, dropping a three or something, but, you just do it. I mean, I don't – should I care more? About Kyrie and what he did, because like I, I literally don't care at all. Like it's, well, I don't think it's yeah. that bad. To be honest with you, like I'm not coming at you from a, an angle of I can't believe what Kyrie did. Like I, yeah. I'm with you here on this sense. Like, and I said this earlier in the show. Are we desensitized? And I understand Kyrie Irving. A lot of people won't like him. Uh, sure. A lot of people do like whatever. I think he's a sensational basketball player. I'm not like a huge Kyrie fan by any means. Um, in fact, I I think he was a disappointment in Boston. I thought he should have stayed instead of got selfish and tried to be his own star because he was better as a uh, a Robin than he was a Batman, quite frankly, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And But he's terrific, mm-hmm. a terrific player. Some people are just better in that role. Sure. Uh, and, and I think he well, had, it proved to be. A big part why they clearly won the title in the first place. Absolutely he was. Yeah. Um, so. So, uh, but I, I kind of went with you, Austin. Like, I'm not... I'm not, like, over the top about it. I actually, my thought on this as I digested this yesterday was, first of all, I think he's a little, he's, he can be unusual, Kyrie, right? I mean, that's kind of the name of the game. I mean, he's he's a different cat now. Mm -hmm. And so to see him doing it, it didn't bother me at all. Boston fans can be brutal. And I agree with what Keyshawn just said there. It's like, just because you buy a ticket to the game, I think fans are over the top sometimes. I don't think they, they've earned the right to do that because they've had five beverages and, and paid their money. Yeah. Like, I don't. I, I think it's. I think it crosses the line. I think it's ridiculous. I think it is, especially in basketball where they are right on top of you. Mm-hmm. I think that is really hard. I think that's challenging. I'm surprised we don't see more situations when, we get out, when it gets out of hand, uh, quite frankly. I think these guys have to use a... Just a tremendous amount of self-control and and really put the blinders on to not get into it with some fans and some of the stuff they probably hear. Because yeah. people are relentless. I mean, to, and, and listen, I understand that that stuff does cross the line sometimes. But to me, this is why NBA playoff basketball is so entertaining. It is almost must-see TV. is because you get those storylines of Kyrie going back to Boston and, and the hatred um, of Boston Celtics fans. And, you know, Boston fans getting in his grill and, and saying whatever they want to say. 
But like this, this has been going on for how long now? Like, okay, two middle fingers, fine. I was like seven years old and Reggie Miller turned to Spike Lee and gave him the choke sign. And then in the middle of the court. And this yeah. is Reggie Miller, who by all means, I don't think ever really had, was like a bad dude in the NBA. And nobody really questioned in terms of was he a good guy or a bad guy. Like I always got the vibe that Reggie Miller was a great guy. Didn't stop Reggie Miller from making a choking gesture at Spike Lee in the middle of the court in, Ma- and in, uh, you know, in Madison Square Garden. But, like, and I'm not really sure how that was received because I was so young when it happened, but I remember it happening. I remember people talking about it. That's just what the game is, you know? I mean, if you go to any kind of pickup game, wherever, whether it's the YMCA, whether it's Rucker Park, go out there and see how they talk to each other. That's the thing. Go out there and see what happens there. That's, like, what, that's start- what it is. Yeah, I started to show that way, man. I think that this... First of all, we used to do that anyway, so that's not like a new generation thing. Yeah. I think now people do it more in an organized setting than ever before. I'm telling you, like I go to a lot of high school baseball games around here. Those guys just rib each other the whole game, both dugouts. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you saying that? And then they go shake hands after, and nobody's like getting in fights. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, it's not an issue. Like, I just, it's this generation where they actually bring that from the, the ping pong table, the, the basketball court, the whatever, and bring it out on their organized sports field, too, especially if they know people. Then it amps up even more. And so, like, I see that at that level, and, and I don't see brawls because of it. And I think you're right. I just think it, it happens a little bit more now in that organized setting. And I'm not sure I hate it. Sometimes I kind of cringe on it, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> yeah. because I don't know what's coming down the road. Like, that's why the – like, all right, when's it going to get out of hand? Well, Who's going yeah. to not be able to handle it? Who's going to amp it up to the whatever degree, get frustrated, and then take it to the next level? If you can deal with it, play with it, and keep it reasonable, I'm cool with it. Like, I really don't think we're going to see, start seeing every player start flipping off fans, walking <laughs> down the court or running down the court or after a pass play or a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, if Antonio Brown did this, he would be lambasted. Of course. Right? Yeah. Um. So – I don't think it should be, like, an in vogue thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember when Johnny Menzel did I'll never forget this. It was yeah. it was the Bears, Chicago Bears training camp. We just got done with practice, and we're chilling, like, in the dorms, and we're watching the Cleveland Browns versus, I think, those the Eagles at the time. And they were playing at Cleveland. Eagles run Johnny Menzel outside, like, out of bounds, run him off the field, they get in his face, and he as he's running back, gives him the middle finger. And, like, even then, like, the announcers were laughing about it. Yeah. Like, we were laughing about it. It's just a finger. Like, don't. It, it becomes a big deal when you give it so much power and you put it on such a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. But although, Again, if my son did that, oh man. If it doesn't big incite anything, coming your way, right? Yeah. If it doesn't incite anything, I think it's. To be honest with you, I think it's in a weird way fine. Sure. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it adds more theater. It adds more drama, and, and I'm not mad at it. You know, you said Reggie Miller. I think. Trey Young and Kyrie Irving are a little bit of Reggie Miller, but more Trey Young. Trey Young goes to every arena and people hate him. Yeah. And the fans. But I think they respect them to the point they want to boo him. Well, I mean, right? it, well, they hate him in Madison Square Garden. But, but, but it's every but, arena but, he goes to now. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's part of being a star player, you know? But I don't feel like he's a villain kind of player. I don't think but he's so. kind of viewed that way from opposing teams just because Someone. he's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think the New York thing has kind of built on its own, too. Yeah. Now, Grayson Allen, you know. Yeah, that's a different story. Story. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to do it for a Monday. Back at it on Tuesday, 3 o'clock on ESPN 690. Coming up next, Action Sports Jacks OT with Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton. I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Have a good one.